And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Goose Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, um... New season incoming, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the beginning of um, of a new era. Like it's um, it has been a great one, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was there after the mini game, reflecting on life, running, and and, and I I couldn't stop smiling about whatever happened um, since. I know the draft last year. Yeah. Um, it was a season full of emotion, full of surprises, and I think that yeah, he maybe ninety-five to one hundred and twenty is not the best way to end uh, a playing game. That is, I mean, uh, it's fair. But if you if you try to see from where this team has started and where they arrived, I think he can't be mad at anything uh, i mean minnesota played a great great game they were incredible defensively and probably okc was not at that level physically and they didn't have a great night in terms of shooting so these things happen um but overall i mean since saturday morning for me um i thought a lot about this season and again everything i it's in my head it's it's widely positive yeah yeah i think the the playing game both of them both the playing games were a reflection of where the thunder are because Mm -hmm. they go in and they show tremendous promise you get to see on that huge stage shay was unbelievable we talked all about Mm it uh and giddy was great and J-Dub showed flashes, and J-Will was good, and it was just like, oh my gosh, Like, look, like what is going to happen with this Thunder team? And then you get to the second game, and one shout-out to Fassler Hall and to Clubby and to everybody that helped out with that. Jason Gallagher was there hanging out with us. Shouts to him. Um, it was a great time. Shout-out to everybody that was there, too. It was, in- it was incredible. I'm always very blown away by the fact that people just continue to show up for our stuff. So thank you guys for, for being there and uh, supporting the team, supporting the podcast. Um, 
I hope that you guys had fun despite the result because the result was not great. But I thought that the the uh, the mixture of game one and game two is like a perfect encapsulation of where they're at mm-hmm. because their age showed a lot in yeah. that second game where it was like boy mentally that first game was a tough one and they're not ready yet and that's okay and it's because they're so young and they have so many young players and they have some real deficiencies on the roster I mean this roster was not constructed to compete this year, as was Minnesota's. Like Minnesota pushed their chips in the middle. And yeah. they did something that I I hope and I'm confident the Thunder won't do is that look at a little bit of success and then say, Great. What do we have? We got, you know, twenty six picks over the next six years. Like, great. Let's push half of those in this summer. We've got cat we can we can operate as a team that's above the cap with and keep all our trade exceptions and all that stuff, or we can relinquish those, have a ton of cap space, just make some trades, try to sign some free agents, bring some guys in, reinforcements. Like, we're so close. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Because what the Thunder have... I know they won't do it, but fans should also want that <laughs> to not happen. Because if you stay patient with this, Things are going to pay off tremendously, but you have to be patient with young players because they have to go through moments like they went through in Minnesota to learn. Guarantee you, every one of those guys looked in the mirror after that game and said, I got to be stronger, like number one. Yeah. We have to come back. Jay Will talked about it at exit interviews. Like he has to be stronger. And that comes with just age and experience and all of that with you know, NBA players, but, you know, I think it's, it's good. They were going to lose to Denver. That was going to happen. You know, they were going to go home at some point, but now you get the, to me, this is kind of the best of both worlds in a way, because you get the experience of the, of the playoffs, but then you get like, not a horrible lottery pick in this next draft. Like right now they're positioned at 11, 11th is not bad. 11th is not bad. <laughs> we saw that they were able to do a little something with a, with the 11th or 12th well, not pick. We, yeah, I was about to say, not with the 11 one. But, well, um, they could have taken a, that same guy at 11, you know. And taking A.J. Griffin at 12. That, that could have happened. That could have happened. <laughs> and A.J. would have sat on the bench just like he did for Atlanta. You know, like, that's okay. Wow, that's salty. (laughs) A little salty. Extremely salty from you. A little salty. He and uh, no, I, I could not be more proud of this group, the fan base. It was it it was such a delightful season. I mean, when we think about this season, people many people don't look back and think about how on December sixteenth, this Thunder team was eleven and eighteen. And it yes, felt like, okay, we're heading toward another lottery pick. They're probably, I mean, how many times on this show during that time did I say they're probably going to end up around the sixth through eighth spot? You know, I probably said that a thousand times. Probably said it a thousand times. I'm sure all of you were like, yeah, now I remember. Like you're triggering something in my brain because you said it so many times. That's, yeah. that's where they were. And then they took off and 
hit got near 500 and they kind of hovered around the 500 area you know by january 18th a month later they were 22 and 23 they'd only lost five games in a month span i mean they were really really good and a lot of it is due to shea it's due to giddy's improvement uh, it's due to mark i mean i cannot tell you man how much this group of guys loves their coach i sat yeah. there all day saturday it's a long day it's a very long day shouts to paris lawson for the peanut butter crackers because i think i might have actually died um but you need to start doing intermittent <clears throat> fasting so that your brain and body does react better yeah yeah no i just like I, I like breakfast too much um i know but that that group one they they really enjoy each other two they adore their coach and they they i mean things like if i could build a coach in a lab that's the coach that i would ha- that's the one that i want you know shay said that mark thinks thinks about the game exactly the way that he does lindy yeah. lindy talked about how there's like they read books together and discuss them and poku gushed about him and trey mann talked about how much he Mark supported him throughout the season, and Dort obviously really enjoys Mark. I mean, there's so many guys where, you know, we kind of prod them about it too, you know, ask them what's it like playing for Mark. Um, Sharich, who I thought was, I thought it was really interesting. He just said, like, he's just a lot different than any other coach that I've had. Like, he's just willing to gamble on things, you know, that other coaches aren't willing to do like they have their own processes that they stick with but mark is willing to gamble a little bit and i was like okay yeah i like that i think that that's right you know after Speaking watching of mark, sarge yeah his quote was very weird like so yeah this team is a like a good lap though yeah the laptop oh. one was really funny let me what see are you can, talking about like i can pull like, it up <laughs> i i love like my my um, I, I don't know if, if I can uh, give free advertise uh, to to my MacBook, um, but I, I I really like it. But I I don't quite get the similarity to like I don't know. You can say like a home, I don't know, like a friends group, like like a laptop. <laughs> Like why, why going there? Yeah, that was a really that was a really weird quote. Is it a compliment? Is it? I think he was trying to compliment them. Technologically advanced. He was. I think he was actually trying to throw shade on other organizations that he'd been with. I see. Saying like they're like a Dell or something. I don't know. What's the laptop you don't want? Yeah. Whatever that is, I mean, I think that's what he was kind of getting at. Was that like this is like a this is like a MacBook Pro and like the oh okay okay still the, uh, the others are not not it yeah still is a bit cold like he said, a, okay like, so yes said, a Mac a MacBook gives you feelings or at least to me but sure but not a laptop uh, in general but anyway maybe so maybe that is the case like. So the question was, you said you like it here. What are some of the things about this organization that would interest you in re-signing if that's a possibility? He said, it's a high-level organization. I think it's kind of well-known around the league. Even before I came here, everybody uh, had nice words to say. And then when you come here, you feel how uh, how it is. How it's, 
part of it is ASAP, which is like the the program that's like um, typing all this out. But then it's his, you know, he's still English is not his first language. You can tell. Um, okay, so I'm trying my best here. Um, and then when you come here and feel I how everything read that. is, I don't get the difference between good English and bad English. I just say things out loud. <laughs> how everything is taking control. Every, especially when you have a group of guys who are really quality people who are really trying to play basketball the right way, trying to win every day. You know, sometimes you can feel it. Same like laptops. Some laptops are better than other ones. You know what I mean? Sometimes they have no. the same controls and the same things, but some of them are better. And that's what I would say. It's really great to be part of this. <laughs> it, it was like the most half-baked idea ever just tossed out there. I mean, he had not... This is obviously something that he thought of just right there on the spot. And it was like totally a half-baked idea. It was so yeah. funny. It's almost like saying that you should get rid of charges. Sorry, I got prompt from the chat. I don't remember who said that. Dude, that's that's a that big idea. topic today. That's a big NBA topic today. I'll say I, I find this idea very weird. I know that something happened where probably AD got injured on a play like that. I didn't watch the game. It games. was Giannis <clears throat> and, and Ja that got injured yesterday on both on charges. Yeah, it's um it's you can get injured by jumping when you play basketball by blocking a guy in a bad way and you can get injured by taking a charge. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's coincidental. Uh, maybe you should like try to find ways where you you, you do um you still keep the idea of the charge but you you find ways to mitigate the the potential effects. I don't know how to do it. I'm not paid well enough to to think about it. Um but what I know is that like charges have been there since I don't know, probably the beginning or shortly after. And it's and it's a part of defense. It's a part of occupying a space before the other player does. Maybe being more strict about how early you need to be there. That is something that you can kind of try to to implement. Sometimes charges are bang bang call where the, the body is still a little bit moving, especially in, in, like down uh, feet and knees. Um, but it's, I don't know, I think it's a, it's a great anticipation skill, which makes basketball fun. Mm -hmm. I, also, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I just told them, hey, you saying that you want to take away the charge is just, um, you're trying to take Jay Will's, just his job, his livelihood. Exactly. That as well. They're like he can do other things. I was like, I don't know, man. This is this might that might be the nail in the coffin for for my guy Jay Will. So, so you better think twice about what you're saying. Um, we'll reflect more on the season as a whole in the coming weeks. There's a lot to think about, but yeah, um, obviously wild success. We have a ton to talk about over the course of this off season. We've got a lot of time to talk about it too. Um, so I thought we'd dive into more exit interview stuff since it's still top of mind, still pretty fresh. Um, so this one is was to Shay about Mark and ask him what he learned about Mark as a coach. Shay, Shay said, I didn't learn nothing. <laughs> I knew what type of coach he was the first year he was here. 
He has a core belief system, and I 100% agree with it. I think it's the right way to go about the game. I think him instilling those things in us when we were a 15-win team to where we were when we were a 22-win team until now has made it easier for us to grow because it's instilled in us habits that we carry forward, and that and I think he's done a great job of that. I think he's, I think he doesn't waver. His temperament, his attention to detail, his approach to every day doesn't change because we win or lose. You can win, lose, or draw. And then he goes, well, you can't draw in basketball. But it doesn't change the way when we win or lose. I think he's one heck of a coach. He's on his way. I mean, that's just like, Shay, your franchise player just like rubber stamping him and not just like saying like, oh, I love playing for him. He's a great guy. Saying that I 100% agree with his core belief system and that he, you know, thinks about the game the right way is like, wow. Okay. That means he's like thought about this, that they've had these conversations, that they're just in, in alignment. And to have your head coach and your franchise player in alignment on the way that you think about the game is pretty big. And it's not just Mark adjusting to what Shea is, because like when you think about like Westbrook. Like, I think you have to align what you think about basketball with the way that Westbrook plays just because you don't have another choice and you actually shouldn't choose anything else. But I do think that Shea is like adjusting to the way that the Thunder want to play a little bit. And I, I just, I think that Mark has done a tremendous job and it's just really cool to see like Shea in particular aligning with him. Yeah. And I think that, um, first of all, congrats to Dagnold and his family. That's right. Uh, That's a, he wasn't there. Yeah, we were we were sitting there waiting, and we didn't know this was going on. And a uh, member of the Thunder staff pops their head in and tells us all about it. We're like, oh, my gosh. Well, congrats to Mark. Now we know that he threw the game so that he could get to his wife. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I, huge congrats. Hey, can you imagine? Congrats to Mark. Like, let's just zoom out. Yeah. We are dads. We are so. dads. Yep. Like we have experience, uh, you, you more than I do, but um, like, can you imagine having your wife, which is in those days, and it can happen at any moment, any moment, and you have to focus on work? That is wildly difficult. Yeah. So, if you tell me that, like, part of Degnold's mind was a bit there compared to like staying in the game i would be hey man <laughs> that's that's it's already incredible that you decide to be there and you coach a good game yeah like that is borderline incredible so um but back on back on shay and and on russ because i think that this is a very very interesting uh point of view i mean i think that scott brooks and and russ were aligned they, they were, were definitely aligned. hard Yes. Be physical. Put everything you have on the court every mm-hmm. single time. Don't don't mess around with um, like maybe trying to overthink the game too much. Just be like a jolt of energy, and 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 we will figure out everything else later. Um, and Shay is aligned with Dignold, and I think that both coaches allowed their stars to grow into better version of themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. Ross improved oh my sensationally, I would yeah. say, the first few years of his career. Yeah. And Deglo, Degnolta has shown a path 
to Shea in which he can develop as a team player, as a uh, more an integral part of, of a team that can be great with him as the focal point, but not the um, tunnel view kind of player. So I think that it's great that they are aligned. Um, it happened in the past. And when it happened, I mean, results were there. Um, afterwards, with Billy, it wasn't that. It was quite clear that it was the opposite way around, where Billy had his ideas. And as you mentioned, he tried to maximize whatever he had by playing the style that his best player allowed for. And the fact that you, in this moment, not only you are you have alignment, but you can clearly see that the way in which they're playing is successful and sustainable. Um, of course, uh, when you are there in the postseason, you need great players, and you need great players to be great. Uh, and sometimes on a one night, you can get demolished by anyone in the playoffs. That is just what it is. I mean, I expect like wild results in round one, uh, either way, uh, and maybe not conclusive ones. So maybe you get a bad loss and then you win two in a row. It happens. Um, in the playing, you don't have this luxury. But yeah, back to Shea, it's it's great. And you can tell that the two are working together and they are aligned and they 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 just maximize each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a big takeaway. Uh, he and Lou are going to play for Team Canada this summer. Yep. And then Josh is going to play for Team Australia. So that was kind of cool to find that out. Not surprising by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, it's cool to to see that because you think back to Russ and KD in the first era were playing for Team USA, and that really helped them quite a bit, um, especially the World Championships. Remember KD went and played the World Championships. I think Tyson Chandler was like the main center for that team. Maybe Lamar Odom played on that team. Um, it was not, obviously not the main Team USA, um, mm -hmm. but it was just like – such it was a moment where you could see him making big strides and Lou talked about how he saw Shea playing defense with team Canada last year and how that was the moment where he kind of was like, Oh, okay. Like Shea's bringing it on both ends now. Yeah. Like things are changing for him. And Shea talked also talked about how he felt like that really gave him like a chance to kind of springboard into the next season. And so, Having all yeah, those guys. Same with other players like Lori, Markin. Oh, Markinen, yes, without a doubt. <clears throat> that was that was his springboard into yeah. his all star season. Because I remember I mean everybody was watching those games thinking, like, mm -hmm. is this the same Larry Markinen that we've been watching? <laughs> and also and also at the same time, people are saying, like, yeah, that's cool. He's not gonna do this in the NBA. Then he did. Then he, he did. did. And so I think it's great for Lou. I think it's great for Shea. I think it's awesome for Josh Giddy. Giddy's got a big summer ahead, man. Big, yeah. big summer. And I think I think he's going to come back and kind of could shock the world a little bit with. Yeah, we need to start seeing improvements. Otherwise, we think we could think he's a bust. <laughs> <laughs> Is it treading water? Yeah, I mean, I know that he had a horrible last game of the season. Horrible. He will tell the same. Um, but what Giddy was able to accomplish during the season, it's mind-boggling to me. Um, he improved in every single category. And you could say, uh, using Andrew's voice, someone has to score the points. This someone is not me trying true. to imitate you uh, by any stretch of imagination. Um, 
like you can say, hey, in his first year, someone had to score the points. Uh, that team was putrid. Mm -hmm. And not only he replicated most of the things that he did, he actually improved many of them, yeah. which is incredible. Um, um, I'm being sarcastic on saying that Giddy needs to show improvement. Um, I, I really enjoyed a lot about his season, and he is incredibly great. Um, but yes, he has... Um, an important offseason ahead because there are parts of the, of his game that if you um i mean if you want to maximize okay his talent he has to keep improving in shooting and yeah. on defense i mean he against new orleans i think he was the best version of himself he really played hard it was a culmination uh, of, of everything that he had done and all the work that he put in and you could all see it all in one like snapshot of a game and then you got to see how that he was 20 in the next one. <laughs> you yeah. got to see. Which happens. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. That's the thing about this young team. And like, that's why I couldn't be mad after that game. It's like, man, what's your analysis after this game? I'm like, well, they're the youngest team in the league. And yeah. that's, that's like the, at the top of my analysis for the game. Yeah. They played 84 games and they won 41. Yeah. I mean, also for Josh, I mean, he played. 76 games you know he played a lot of games um yeah you know, he played only 54 the season before that had to go out with injury but um but to go i mean he increased all of his percentages field goal percentage from 41.9 to 48.2 three point from 26.3 to 32.5 that number in particular is one that if you told me after his rookie season hey he's going to increase that to 32 and a half in this 48 software. from 41 40 from is a it's a golf yeah that's it's a golf. that's incredible that is not easy to do it's it's going from being one of the worst like bottom 10, 100 player in efficiency to being the top 100 probably mm -hmm. in efficiency yeah but i don't know uh, Hoopsocks bring, brings up why did the broadcast keep saying they're the second youngest team? Because uh, they got bad information from whoever was putting together the broadcast package. That's why. No other explanation. They were it's wrong. Um, yeah, that's all. They have like somebody puts together this packet. <laughs> it, it, it could have been the fact that they were the second youngest team in the history of the NBA, and they wrote that. Yeah. But then the broadcasters just kept saying it wrong. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, they were wrong. Um, um, can I say something about the 76 games and the conditioning? Yes. Um, I think that Jeff Vangani mentioned a lot in his broadcast that Lou Dort was in fantastic shape. Yeah. And to be honest, he was going 1.5 the speed of everyone else on the court mm -hmm. for the Thunder. Mm -hmm. And that is being able to play a lot and being super duper ready physically. That is a skill that I did not anticipate him having and being so clear compared to anyone else. Like he like JW is a pretty good athlete. He was slow compared to Lou Dort. Lou attacked these two games with so much energy that it was like something different. And so for guys like Giddy, speaking again about Giddy, about Shea, about guys that needs to understand how to play for 48 minutes in a, in a playoff game. Um, I mean, having someone like Lou, who is 
this good at being in shape is important because I think that everyone realized, hey, we are not physically where we're supposed to be, which again is completely normal. Mm -hmm. But um, but it was apparent that Lou was in a different shape compared to anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, speaking of Lou, did you see Lou Dort's answer about efficiency? Yeah. Yeah, I read that. So here it is, if you haven't if you haven't seen this. So if you want to watch the exit interviews, uh, sorry, you can't, um, because they're not anywhere. You need to you need to go on Twitter and hope for videos of or like glimpses and yeah, stuff like that. I have that. a few videos that I still haven't released, but like it's not out there. Um so sorry about that. I I tip like last year like I ripped the audio from the videos that the Thunder put out there and used that and I was kind of banking on that again and I should have just gotten my own raw audio and done it myself, but I didn't do it. Um, so apologies. Uh, okay, so back to Lou Dort. This is from Joe asking this. So you mentioned efficiency. What are some keys um, to improving your efficiency around the rim? Great question. He said, honestly, just picking up the right shots and just reading the defense. Sometimes it can get a little heated in a game where I force it a little bit. And that's some of the stuff little that I... A little bit. Hmm, a little bit. Hey, you know what? I give him so much credit him. for even saying any of this yeah. because it takes so much self-awareness to be able to say say this stuff. I'm I was I was very happy for him because like self-awareness is not a uh, a trait that is uh rampant amongst NBA players. Um okay. No. Sometimes it can get a little heated in a game where I force it a bit. But that's some of the stuff I've just got to watch film and see what I could have done better in some type of in some type of position. Really, that's the main thing: taking better shots, which I think is correct. And I think that that's there's no coincidence that he's saying that. And some of it could be that he's not only thought of this himself, but probably talked this out with Mark, talked this out with Sam or whoever else that it's not necessarily that we want you to stop taking shots. No, it's just like we want you to fully recognize what is a good and a bad shot and start weeding out the bad shots and taking more good shots. And like that's that's going to be the key to Lou Dort as an offensive player, period. Yeah, and if, and if you want to discuss this for a second, I think that every open three for Lou Dort is a shot that he has to take, yeah. um, especially maybe not like... If you have a guy that is running towards you and you can make a dribble and and make an extra pass, but if the defense is cheating big time on you, um, yeah, you, you can try to do a handoff or stuff like that if your team is prepared for that. Like you can't really get the ball, stare at the guy who is I don't know ten feet from you and say, okay, now we should do an handoff because I that like they are kind of trying to let me take the shots. So um, if it's in the system, then it's great. If not, you have to take it. And second, he is very good when he can like go towards a guy and make contact while he's trying to, to finish. Mm -hmm. When he's kind of ahead and he tries these layups or moves, it's, 
it's really uh, those that may go in because they go into a lower rate but they go but if you if you if you take these shots uh, this is the majority of the shots you take at the rim then you, you are inefficient so i think that there are moments where you clearly recognize hey uh, i can beat this guy and i can be physical with the guy at the rim and that works um when he's a little bit um going a little bit too fast as we said many times those are the moments where you can see okay that is not a shot that i should take mm-hmm. i should make maybe try to focus on i'm getting here let's stop and see what what's around me yeah yeah i think i'm so curious to see and this is kind of why i've like haven't been super willing to like go all in on dort saying like oh he can't fit with this team or he can't do this or lose not going to do that or lose i don't know i just know that every like big game that i've watched him play he's just been there yeah, in like a big positive way, and so I, I don't know how he fits. Is is it a natural fit with the team? I don't think so. I don't think it's natural fit. I don't think it's like the perfect fit either. But I just know that he's a guy that I will, would want on my team. Like if he was on the Mavericks or another team, I think people would go nuts. If he was on the Knicks, people would be going absolutely just insane for this guy. If he was a Laker, I mean, holy oh, smokes. Yeah. He might be making twenty-five million. Yeah, if you're using the right way, I think he can be. I'm not sold on James Anderson's idea that you have to ben, to take him off the bench just because he's not um, the perfect fit alongside the guys. I think that units with Shea Dort and Muscala were immensely successful mm-hmm. um, because you have enough enough space for that to work. When Chet is there, you want to see if that works because I yeah. think the chat will change the dynamic of this team quite a lot. Again, yeah. just look at the two-playing game. Don't go like much farther than that and watch how the defense played. Jay will. Yeah, that's it. You, you don't need, you don't need much else. I mean, they were closing out on on Giddy and late on Dort on Jay will. Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's not something that we are interested in. Yeah. Um, once you have Chet there and yeah. you can play a simple peak and pop with Shea, things will change dramatically and the defense will have to use probably three players to guard Chet and Shea. And when you do that, you have three player against two and one being not the center of the team. So you need to have two wings that are trying to to guard three players and if Dort recognize which shot are good to take and and which one are not to be taken this will work um granted if you have a taller version of Ludor that shoots the ball better while being a creator great <laughs> then it's then it's a better player and then he has to start over Dort because I think that there is a chance that Dort is the fifth best player of mm-hmm. this team and mm-hmm. if that happens it means that you are in great shape. You're, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good if Lou Dort's your fifth best player. Um, something that should get Thunder fans pretty fired up was Chet. I was I, I asked Chet if there are any aspects on the court that he feel like he was able to improve on over the course of this year. Because we know that he was on the court a lot. Um, yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, obviously, mentally, I watch a lot of games. You're able to pick up on a lot of things, but I never really had the time to just kind of rework my shot 
and really have the time uh, to focus uh, putting into it. I've taken pride in my ability to shoot the basketball, and I feel like I've done pretty pretty well up to this point in my career, but I'm kind of on a journey of trying to become an elite shooter. So I was able to really put in a lot of work with my shot and make it even more effective, which we all kind of knew this, that he was putting in a ton of work, but the fact that he was like, yeah, we, I reworked my shot, and now it's like even more effective. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's like, let's stop and rewind 19 consecutive free throws during some league. And yeah. that was already something that I remember trying to go on sports radar and analyzing series where a player makes more than 18 shots, consecutive free throws. And it was like 20 players. I didn't find any bad shooter among yeah. those, mm-hmm. like any. Um, so it's 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 a it's a player that will change a lot. Yeah, without a doubt. And he's like, <laughs> it's funny. It was kind of cheesy because he came in to exit interviews holding a basketball. <laughs> you know, he just like lo- just like loves the game. And he brings yeah. a basketball. He kind of sits there and answers questions holding a basketball. And then he walks out and he's walking down the hallway and the door's closed behind him, but you can hear him bouncing the basketball. Um, and it was just it's like, his best friend. It's his best friend. That's right. We know how that's gone in the past whenever the basketball is somebody's best friend. Uh, bodes pretty well for the, uh, for the franchise. Now, he was, he was pretty good. He seems to be extremely focused. He's, he really wants to become a great player, and Shea said that, and you could hear that in, in Chet's voice. Um, and he was confident, man. He was confident. There were some guys that had kind of come in, kind of beat – a little beaten down. Trey Mann in particular seemed a little just mentally weary, you know, mm-hmm. from the season. And that was not a common thing. I think that was really like he and Jeremiah were a little bit in the same boat. And the the approach and like just like the uh the overall like demeanor of both of them was like vastly different. Jeremiah was still kind of bebopping in there and like really was excited. Trey, mm-hmm. Trey, get, while Trey gave us some good quotes, at first you could just tell it was like, this is a lot for him. And he really wants to yeah. take, he, what he was saying is like, I really want to take this and I want to turn it into something positive. And, you know, but I think it was, like he said it was the hardest year of his life. Um, so. Yeah, which, which showed yeah. during the year. I mean, yeah. you can tell that he's, Telling the truth. By the way, um, how can you? How do you feel about Chad being bad at cards? I mean, I don't feel great. I don't feel great about it. It must. I mean, if you're bad at cards, it means that you probably don't play. Have haven't played a lot of cards. You know, that could be an explanation. Because, like, honestly, so, like some of it's strategy, some of it's luck, and if you've played enough, you're going to get a little. You'll you'll be fine, but if you like don't know what you're doing, oh, you can be terrible. You're yes. gonna get. Crushed. And it depends on the cards. You're gonna get crushed. Like if it's if it's poker or some spades or yeah yeah yeah. Um, but if you play like bridge, for example, yeah, that requires different skill set. Yeah, you got to You got to anyway. know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, he at least admitted it. You know, 
yeah. I, I asked him, you know, because Shay said he was bad at cards. And he and he kind of sat there for a minute thinking like, okay, how can I get myself out of this? And he goes, yeah, I'm bad at cards. And it was kind of a funny moment. And so, I don't know. It, yeah. B- back on Trey, um, I mean, this can be just one small season in a career of an NBA player, or it can be something more important. I mean, would you be extremely uh, surprised if after the season Trey picks another team or requests trade or OKC trades him? Yeah, I would be a little bit surprised. It's a bit early. But if it happens, I would not say, oh, I did not expect that. Because it's 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 uncommon to have a great bounce back in the same place after I mean, a season that is not successful, where you had a lot of opportunities. Maybe not as much as J-Dub, but just because J-Dub and Joe just seized the moment and you didn't. Mm-hmm. So I wonder um, if in the back of his mind there is, will I be here next year? Not so I want to be somewhere else, but will they keep me? Yeah. Like, I think that has to be, it has to be um, something that he's thinking about, him and J-Rob. And, I mean, uh, for others, it's early. Poku is just a weirdo, so he, I'm sure he doesn't think about that. Um, also, it's just easier for Poku to, like, fill in several different spots on the roster, where with Trey, it's like, yeah, you're a guard. Yeah. Like, the end. You're a combo yeah. guard. And you feel you occupy one space on the floor. Yeah. You know, with Poku, he can make it work in other ways. And he just overall has a different demeanor than Trey does. He wasn't really deterred by anything. And I had, I've had some conversations with him throughout the season um, off the record that he just, he just, he's not really shaken by everything that's happened to him. So, like, I give him a lot of credit. Um, yeah. But I, I think, um, I think also for Trey, you have to be looking at the draft and thinking, "Oh my gosh, like what kind of players are at the 11th, 12th spot?" Well, it's a ton of combo guards. <laughs> like, and I don't, I'm not saying the Thunder are going to take a combo guard. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't have any clue what they're going to do. But not Anthony Black. Not Anthony. Repeat with me. God, don't be don't be such a hater. I'm not. I mean, if he drops there then I, I would be extremely surprised or it's another sign that it's not the right guy. He's so good. He's so, so good. He's going to be taken in the top five. You won't even have to worry. Yeah, you won't even I, have to worry. I think that is more likely than him being there at 11. He's, and you, know, you know why he's going to be taken can... in the top five? Because of that. It's, and it's similar to that video that I tweeted out where he talked about like, oh, I watch a lot of Josh Giddy and I watch a lot of Shea. People are going to be looking at this Thunder team and like, what the heck are they doing? How did they yeah. get there? You know how they got there? One of the reasons that they got there is they got all these giant playmakers. Yeah. And like, okay, let's take a look at the draft. Who's the giant playmaker of this draft? Oh, there's only one. And his name is Anthony Black. Hey, if Houston somehow drops and he's there fifth or sixth, yeah, can you say that? I mean, he, he would be a great fit for them. Yeah. I mean, like he, with San Antonio, same. With San Antonio, same. Portland, same. Portland, yeah. With Portland, it will be perfect. Yeah. Um, a six-seven yeah, so giant playmaking guard that is like a defensive nightmare. Yeah, like, giant, yeah. Slightly. He's six-seven. No, he's got long arms. 
he's, shorter than Giddy. He's got the hair. Yeah, he's got the hair. He's shorter than Giddy, but six like a six seven guard. Yeah. It's like pretty sick. He's great. I know he can't yeah, shoot he and everybody hates him because he can't shoot, but I love him and I would love to have him on the team. I welcome you with open arms, Anthony Black. Open arms. Uh okay. I'm trying to think of other things from Media Day. And I'll break some of this down with Alex too. Oh, Aaron Wiggins was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Aaron Wiggins walks in the room. He is beaming. The dude is just beaming. And um he just couldn't stop like giggling. Like he just sat down and he was just like sat down and was like, Man, he's like, I was just here last year. I was just here last year. You know, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And he just like couldn't stop smiling. Paris asked him a question. And he just was just smiling and just kind of staring off into the distance. And he was like, What'd you say? Like he just was just like in like was he, he was high? No, he, he no, he was not. He did not have that look about him. He had the look of just pure joy on his yeah. face, like he could not. You could not wipe the smile off his face. He was trying to do it uh, himself. Was he was just trying to get the smile off his own face, and he couldn't. He was just so excited, and he should be. He had a heck of a year. Um, yeah, and he his maturity is something that is one it's going to it's going to make him like a key part of this group. I'm like fully convinced of that. Like he's just mm-hmm. a good player. He's going to be a bench player, but he's a really good player. Um and like everybody loves him. Everybody talks about how much they like Wiggs and like playing with him and you know, he is very focused on you know getting better as a shooter. And getting better defensively and getting stronger. You know, he talked about that. Um, he said that Shea is a maniac, <laughs> you know, and just watching him prepare has just been something great. Um, talked about how, you know, you know, being coached by Mark is a very unique experience, that he has his own coaching style, um, that he's a finalist for the coach of the year and he really deserve it, deserves that. Um, he, he was a delight. He was an absolute delight out there and what one thing that kept getting brought up then he was particularly funny about and actually trey was the one that ended up saying this but and it kept getting brought up to every other thunder player was just that shay doesn't write his own captions on instagram oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's sending them Good to drake that drake is sending him to him and you know wigs was so funny he's like it has to be him he's like they're both from toronto he goes come on dude come on He's like Shay's captions are like, come on, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, I was like, Shay, not bring enough creativity for you. And he's like, okay. He said, he's like, oh come on. He was like, on the court, he's super creative. He can have it, but like, like he's he's like half he's like half a model. He's like, let's like he he's like, come on, come on, dude. He kept looking at me and saying, come on, dude, come on, dude. You know, <laughs> which is so funny. He's like, you can't be that well rounded. He's like, it doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. He was so funny. Uh, he was just—he was just an. What's absolute your take delight. on that? Um. Yeah, I think that he's getting help from somebody. For I sure. I seem to see his mojo. The way those come out. I'm not saying that he. I think that he is collaborating with somebody. Okay. This is what I think. I think he's collaborating with somebody where he's like. Here's like the vibe of what I want to say, but help me put it yeah. into words is what I think is happening. 
where I don't know if it's true. You're saying that he has a social media manager. Oh, I mean, the dude's a multi-millionaire. Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> that is. That's, that's the case with all multi-millionaires, by the way. Yeah. It's like, look, how can I make my life easier? Oh, okay. I could just pour a little bit more money into it. Um, Lindy was great. I love Lindy Waters. One of my one of my favorite people. Can um, you can you elaborate a bit on the fact that he and Dagnall read book to, books together? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Um, I uh, this is one of my favorite questions that I came up with. I asked him if if he had stopped to think about that he had completed the blackout on the Oklahoma basketball bingo card because he's played high school basketball. Played at OSU, played for the Outlaws, played for the Blue. He's a two-way player. And then a contract, full contract Thunder player. I was like, no one else has ever done that in the history of Oklahoma basketball. So he's like, do you stop to think about that? And he's like, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me see if I can find the book comment. Because I think um, there was a book that they're reading together. and that they would discuss. How do you picture that? They It's probably similar to like a Phil Jackson like Phil Jackson does this. Okay. So I asked him what's it been like playing for Mark. He said it's been amazing. He's a great coach. He's an even better human being. He he's also taught me a lot of things outside of basketball as well as on the basketball court. But yeah, I come to him for advice or I just want to talk. We read books and we talk about those. Yeah, he's great. And I said, What have you yeah, read? Okay. I said, what have you read lately? He said, he said, I just read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. That was a big one. He's a tough guy, tough dude. Someone uh, you should definitely look up to. Um, so just cool. Just really cool to see their relationship kind of um, on point. So anyways... Uh, uh, exit interviews were great. It's a great group of guys. Here's the thing that I think most Leonard fans should be able to take away from it um, is that this is a group that you can root for and that you yeah. can feel good about being on your team in your city because this is a it's a tremendous group. Like I, I want – I have a 10-year-old boy or 11-year-old boy. He just turned 11 yesterday. Happy birthday to Asher. I mean, big wow, shout out to Asher. Asher. We spent the whole day yesterday celebrating him. He's such a great kid. Um, Fantastic. It was a great day. Um, I love that guy so much. Um, I have an 11-year-old, I have an 8-year-old, and I have a 4-year-old. And I, I want them to be able to have, you know, they, they all love basketball. They love basketball cards. They like watching hoops. I want them to have a group of guys that they can actually look up to and I can feel okay about it, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, I wouldn't want them to be like uh, a Brooklyn Nets fan of, you know, last season, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, Thanks for that. Qualifier. Wouldn't want them to be, uh, seems okay. wouldn't want them to be like a Dallas Mavericks fan right now. Um, no. You basically don't want them to be a Kyrie fan. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, very much want them to be Thunder fans. I very much want them to be able to watch those guys and like think highly of them. And I can and I can yeah. look at them, look at my kids and say, you know what, you can think highly of these guys because they bring it not only on the court but off the court. Like yeah. these are good people. And I think that it's to me, that's something that I find kind of exciting that they're building this team 
and building it in a way where it's not just about the on the court product, but it's being brought off the court too. And I can say for a fact that these are really good guys. Yeah. Um, and that you can feel really good about supporting this group of players because they, they are an outstanding group. And I, um, yeah, I was just kind of blown away by that. People keep asking about Presti's exit interview. Robin Howell in the chat. I think a lot of people have asked about it. It'll happen. It usually happens like five or six days after the players talk. So we'll find out soon when that will be. Hey, he has to write a monologue. That is Get ready, easy. everybody. Buckle up. Uh, I'm going to learn. The, the biggest thing I learned from last year is like, I better go pee before. So I'm definitely going to be doing that. <laughs> better count on that. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. Sam, Sam, another thing on Sam is like, you have to, not every GM does this. And not every GM is going to talk as long as Sam does. Sam talked for two hours last year. Like That's freaking amazing. Like That's yeah. so cool. And it's really fun. And I will record it and probably release it to you guys just so that you can you know, soak it all in. Um, I actually think that Sam, listening to Sam's words are probably more important when thinking about this team long-term than it is listening to the players. Um, Wrong. So Wrong. Last year, our truther, Lou Dort, Lou Dort, said, True. We will compete. And that happened. So now... He said they were going to get to the play-in. He did say it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to listen to him more than anyone else. Hey, Lou Dort. Also, he's going to change said, his shot selection for next year. Yeah. That one's I, that I one was for you. I, I don't think I don't think that he actually has this self-awareness. This like um Dort? He has some. He has some. Um but I when he projects things on him, I'm not sure I should believe him. But when he talks to the team, I choose to believe him. Wow. He said they're gonna suck. He said they're gonna suck next year. How do you feel about that? I'm just kidding. Um, okay. If he says that, then I will be worried. I would be worried too. I'd be worried too. No, but some. Even if you you don't get too many information uh, when he talks, which you get a lot, by the way. Yeah, you get a uh, lot. You don't get clarity. You don't get the direction of um, the next first round pick. You don't get the name. You, you don't get like many things. You're not going to get um, concrete like draft stuff, but you will get a good feeling on where the team is and what yeah, what they're and, thinking. And where they are headed. Um, yeah. It's like he... I mean, I'll, I'll go a little bit far with this, but like allow me. Uh, I was watching MasterChef um sorry uh and um no need to I, apologize no no it's it's a great show and 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 one italian chef who who i've been at his restaurant um just once because he okay uh he basically discussed uh preparing a dish like at perfection like the preparation the thinking behind how to put stuff in the in the plate, how to maximize the value of each part of the food that you are putting um, on the dish, mm-hmm. uh, how to blend all the flavors together. And when I hear Presti talk, I see a lot of preparation. You don't have any sentence displaced there, and you don't. You say, "Oh, why is he saying this?" 
Yeah. Everything is spotless from the introduction, from the choice of allowing few questions or more questions, depending on where the team is at. I think that last year, everyone had a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. How much will it last? Where, how you will approach next season? And he allowed for hours of questions. Yeah. Um, so having a, a person that is able to prepare this much and being so spotless when he has these moments, I think you, sh you need to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. and you need to, 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 to listen extremely carefully to what he says, soak in every word and just try to review those words maybe in a year mm -hmm. or in two years. I mean, Presti mentioned physicality last year and it was a theme, an important part of this season. The team was better physically. Like a lot of players were better physically. And and there, there were many points where you could see like a path, but with a lot that needed to be written. And this is the yeah. job of the players to just write whatever it's the next step together with the team. So again, I look forward to it. I usually try to listen every single moment uh, of it because it's, um, again, it's it's great. And it's um, an OKC, maybe in 20 years, they will realize, hey, we got so many players. We got so many moments. Yeah. But we got one of the best, like, president of basketball operation, GM, call him how, how, however you want, of the entire history of the game. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't stop and, and think about it. <laughs> it's so uh, true. But it's true. It's so true. To be able to pull this off as fast as he has, you know, where you have Shay, Giddy, J-Dub. Now you have Chet coming in. It's a big deal. Oh, also, J-Dub mentioned that he really wants to increase his shooting efficiency. Like, that's one of his main focuses of the summer. Yeah, thank you. Um, you were terrible this season. So, <laughs> he can be a 50-40 kind of guy. I think that he wants to be great. Yeah. I think that he has it's clear. Like, really wants to be great. I mean, he... He could sit back and be like fully content. I mean, he's fifty-two percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, eighty-one percent from the line. Like for a, for a rookie, rookie, for a rookie that plays like guard and forward, like that's that in itself is pretty unusual. But then yeah, for him to madness. be like discontent with that is is honestly just a wonderful thing. Um, okay, before we go, let's take a little spin on Tankathon and see where it takes us. How about that? How about wow. that? Wow. Welcome back, everybody. This is our comfort zone. Welcome to the comfort zone of Down to Dunk, where uh, we talk about draft prospects and <laughs> the lottery. <laughs> uh, I bet the Chicago Bulls will jump us. All right, let's find out. Here we go. Simming the lottery, and the Thunder fall to 12. <gasps> oh, my God, I preview it. This You actually did. I... How, that is That freaks me out. I am fully freaked out. Full on wow. freaked out. Wow. wow. The Mavs lost their picks. And the Mavs lost their pick. This is a beautiful scenario. This is, this is in fact, a dream scenario. I don't care if the Thunder falls wow. to 12. In fact, I actually like the 12th pick better than the 11th pick. And I have now, now the Knicks are picking at 11 and the Thunder are picking at 12, just like last year. Wow. We can get Usman Jank back again. 
now we're going to trade three picks and get the 11th pick again. Uh, okay, so on Tankathon, uh, Wimbenyama goes to the Pistons, which is hilarious because they invested so much money and picks and everything into their big men. Great job, Pistons. You, you just, you did it. You did it. You made a weird roster. Congratulations. Uh, second pick, Spurs. Scoot Henderson, that's great. Brandon Miller going to the Pacers. The Bulls get Amon Thompson. The Rockets fall the fifth. That's a, also a dream scenario of sorts. Where they have there to... you can start talking yourself into Anthony Black and Jairus Walker and guys that's got Yeah, that. I would probably rather have Anthony Black than Asar Thompson. Um, yeah. But that's who Tankathon has him taking. Okay, so in the Thunder's range, Taylor Hendricks go or Grady Dick goes ninth. Taylor Hendricks goes tenth. Bryce Sensabaugh eleventh. And so the Thunder oh, have players scenario. have Kaysen Wallace, Nick Smith, Keontae George, Jet Howard, Jalen nope. Hood, Scafino, Jordan Hawkins, Rayon, Rayon Rupert. All right, who would you take? Oh, Jordan Hawkins, not even close. Yeah, I I don't hate that. I don't hate Thank that you. at all. Um, you know, he's older than Giddy. Oh, who cares? Who cares? I'm I'm he, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's just a fact. Just stating a fact. Just just see how you feel about facts. So my top three uh-huh. of the available players yeah. is Jordan Hawkins, uh-huh. Nick Smith Jr., and probably Keonta George. Yeah. I need to go back and watch some more Nick Smith. I was left very underwhelmed. Very, very underwhelmed. And I watched a lot of there Arkansas down the stretch. Night potential there. Ugh. It's gross. I know, I know. It was gross. It was bad. It was bad. He's one of those players who are like, well, you got to watch the high school film. It's like, dude, I'm not watching the high school film. There's enough film of him throughout the whole year. Don't tell me to watch the high school film. If you're beating up um, on high schoolers and you suck in college, there's probably a reason why. Okay? Yeah. So don't give me that. You know who else yeah. was, was a, I mean, there, there's been a lot of, you should go watch the high school film, guys. Um, there's, there's a lot of those guys. And I, can you think of one that's just been great? That's just been awesome? Okay. You know who was you know okay. who's a big if you and Grady McKnight in the chat want to uh like say all these mean things, okay. Yes, I love shooters. Yes. Michaela loves his shooting. Haha. Hawkins is this year AJ Griffin. I know, I know. Can I dream? Yeah. At least until draft night where Presti will go in another direction and say, Okay, I don't like it, and then maybe I'm right or maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter because I don't make decisions, but I can dream yeah. until then. Nick and I will do that. Nick Smith is like this year's Cam Reddish. Go watch the high school tape. Yeah, I mean, Cam was the thing that I Duke. love about about uh, Nick Smith is the fact that he is very smooth and fluid yeah. with the basketball, which that was a skill that Cam, Cam Reddish had. I was going to say Cam Reddish was too. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of Nick Smith's struggle during the season, though, are related to injuries, which is not the same as what Cam had. True. True. So this is the only reason why I'm mildly interested because I saw stuff. Um, I mean, he didn't play a lot of games. Um, I mean, I remember like watching uh, an injured Cole Anthony uh, mm-hmm. who was terrible. Terrible. Uh, and I don't like it today, but he yeah. turned 
turning a pretty play. good NBA player. He can play. I don't yeah. know if he can play in games of consequence, but he can certainly play on a bad team. Yeah, you can do that. Great babe. Anthony Black was better in high school. All these guys are better in high school, man. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, if you're not better in high school, if you're not amazing in high school, you're not going to a big program. Like, that's just, that's the nature of basketball. Like, it gets harder as you go on. Like, all these guys were good in, in high school. Like, all the yeah. top 60 guys were good in high school. You know? Yeah. Like now Lou we're like Gort was great in high school. Oh, he's amazing in high school. That's why he was like supposed to be a top fifteen pick because he was mm-hmm. awesome in high school. Like being awesome in high school doesn't tell me a whole lot. Doesn't tell me a whole lot. Okay, James Anderson's high school tape was bad. Not James Anderson the wing. James Anderson in the chat. Um, <laughs> I'm sure James Anderson the wing was really good in high school. Um, Anyways, uh, I'm not talking about high school tape with any of these guys. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. It's that's it's it's irrelevant unless they only play like a couple games in college, then it's like, okay, then that's all we've got. You know? It's like just don't don't send me, don't point me to the high school tape. It's like don't do that. <laughs> we there's plenty of tape for them in college. Um yeah, I I think Rupert is gonna be on would have to be on the list in some way. I know, I know, I know. Um, I was about to put him before Keontae George. I like Keontae. I'm a, I'm a Keontae guy. I need to go back and, and watch some of his later stuff. I didn't watch a ton of Baylor toward the end of the season. Um, but the early stuff I really liked. And he's mm-hmm. falling and for a reason. Not great when a guy falls. Yeah, it's not great. Um. So yeah, I'm. There's some intriguing guys. There's not anybody in this range that was like, "Oh my gosh, they gotta get this guy." You oh know? yes, I am. I feel like that about Hawkins. I know you do. I know you do. I like him a lot, and it's easy to see how you'd fit on this team. It's simple. It's not hard. I mean, it's just like not one plus hard. one is two. You know, very easy, simple math. Um, yeah. But I also just. Have watched the Thunder draft players, and he's not the kind of player they draft. Yeah, <laughs> and those guys have been hey, available in the past. Dave, so. look, I'm gonna state this, uh, and I will back it. If they draft another Jalen Williams, J Dub, yeah. um, I'll be pretty okay. I'm not mad that they draft him and not AJ Griffin, really not mad. Yeah, if they pull it off, they are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't see a player like that right now. I need to. Maybe Buffkin will be. Who knows? Kobe Buffkin. Shout out to Kobe Buffkin for just having such a great name. Uh, okay, we're gonna go. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We've got a lot more content coming at you. We don't slow down in the off season. Uh, the off season is just the same as the regular season for us. So we'll bring you guys content Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single week. Here on YouTube, if you're on YouTube right now, hey, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. I think it's here, right here. Hit the like button right now. Hit it. Just tap it. Um, helps us. Uh, helps us somehow. I don't know. YouTube algorithms, whatever. Um, please continue to uh, listen to our podcast this summer and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. It's fun. It's fun being in the chat. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have an awesome day. And we'll talk to you guys again on. Wednesday.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.